1: On guys, welcome to another episode of Peer Pleasure with Dewey Halpus on Equal Vision Records and Sound Talent Media. I am Dewey, your host with the most, bringing you more great content week after week. This week we have Eric Smelly Sandin from No He's the drummer for No He's got the greatest stories I have ever heard. This guy, the whole No book was pretty much his book. Like it was stories of his life. He's been through so many things, just insane, insane situations. We touched on some of those in this chat as well. We talked a little bit about the book, even though it came out a while back. I had a lot of questions about it, questions about the decline, uh, which is the best thing they have ever done. I really, really feel that. It's so good. Uh, We talked some about the uh, Live at Red Rocks version. Uh, There were some mistakes on there and things we went over, Um, and just talking about surfing and fluidity, life. Uh, just everything. It was really a great conversation. And I really, really am glad it happened when it did. Uh, I wanted to have him on years ago. And it didn't work out. But uh, when I hit him up on email, he literally wrote me back in four minutes. Uh, I think I mentioned in the chat, but literally four minutes saying he would love to come on the show. Uh, And we set it up for the next week. And it just happened that fast. And it was just totally natural and organic. And it was really a great conversation. So thank you to Eric for coming on the show. Uh, And I think you guys are really going to enjoy this one. So let's get some business out of the way and we'll jump right in. So peerpleasurepod at gmail.com is the email if you want to get in touch with me. Uh, Peerpleasurepodcast.com is the website. Uh, Everything's there. So if you want to send someone to the show that has never heard it, all the episodes and everything are there. Uh, Thank you to everyone who bought merch. Uh, We had a merch drop with a new hoodie. Those should be arriving shortly if they haven't already. Uh, And they look fantastic. So thanks to all of you that ordered. Uh, it really helps out the show and helps represent the show. Um, definitely join the Facebook group, the Peer Pleasure Podcast Inner Circle. You can go to Facebook and join that. Um, also, we have the premium service, which I talk about every time. But it's got the videos of the episodes. It's got the ad-free feed. It's got um, the past cast, which is another podcast I'm doing with other podcasters about their favorite episodes of the show. And that is peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm. You can sign up monthly or annually, and uh, it really helps out the show. So please do that. Also, if you're listening on Spotify right now, go and rate the show. If you are listening on Apple Podcasts, go write a short review and give us a five-star rating. That would really help out the show. All right, guys, this is a great one. I am stoked to bring it to you. Oh, and by the way, we are nominated as a finalist for the Best Podcast of the Year for the Heavy, Me- Heavy Music Awards 2022. That's in June coming up here in 2022 over in London uh, in K-Town at the O2 Forum, I believe is what it's called. Um, So head over to the Heavy Music Awards on Instagram. There's a a link there. There's also a link in the bio for us on Instagram to vote for the show. It would be kick-ass to win that, Uh, but it's just really nice to be recognized for something like that. We've never been recognized like that before, and it really feels good. So thank you to all of you guys for listening. Let's jump into my conversation with Eric Smelly sandon from No Effects. Twenty-year vacation after Raleigh had a dime.
0: A dime is worth no It's hard to enjoy yourself while bleeding
1: out the ass This the creation of a simple how are you my friend
0: hi sorry about all the confusion i I was getting my uh times and schedules and all that shit all jumbled
1: oh dude no problem at all no problem at all yeah man i'm stoked to do this yeah i'm you i will tell you this you had the fastest response time to any email i've ever sent ever like four, (laughs) four minutes like i literally sent the email and i did something else and then my phone went off and i was like wait a minute no oh yeah okay there it is <laughs> the,
0: the one that said uh
1: hey can we confirm today at 3 30 no no the one that i just when i originally reached out oh like last week or whatever e, it was yeah and you're like hey i'd love to be a part of this i was like did i email the right person that was fast as shit <laughs> it was, well they call me drink
0: quick drama McGraw, mcgraw Two pump chump
1: <laughs> <laughs> i love it man i love it uh yeah, I was stoked to do this because uh well, I've been a fan for a long time and and I did I don't know if you guys listened to it at all, but I did an episode at, at Mike's house uh years ago, right before you guys did uh Punk and Drublick in Portland where you did the Decline uh with the orchestra. Right. And right. uh it was completely crazy and and uh, he he was still uh he was still going off the rails at that time oh, and, no, uh,
0: he, he's back he's back on to going off the rails oh
1: no yeah oh that's
0: unfortunate i he's somewhere in between where he was and where we want him to be
1: man can't find <laughs> the middle ground <laughs> no or, it doesn't work that way does it or stay in the middle ground he texted me like <laughs> 6 30 in the morning from mexico randomly i'm like are you still up he's like no i get up at 6 30 now i'm surfing with uh uh, with with Rick DeVoe DeVoe. yeah Yeah. and so uh man I don't know how you go on that ride for as long as you have being being sober but man
0: it's called compartmentalization it's called keeping my distance and applying boundaries
1: yeah dude I was always the sober guy in in the bands I was in after after 22 and it was always a struggle because it was just constantly everywhere anywhere you looked you always felt well, like it's the probably, asshole.
0: Yeah, it's, well, it's probably the only profession where um, getting fucked up is actually a prerequisite and being an asshole is a prerequisite. And so if you're like the normal guy that that kind of just wants to go to bed and kind of like wake up at a reasonable hour and do reasonable things, you are the outcast.
1: Yeah, dude, oh. I, I agree 100%. And, and uh, yeah, it's just, a, it's just a weird thing. It's a, a career you never have to grow up. You really don't. No, but eventually
0: when you're like my age you got to, you should start considering it because it's not going to go on forever, you know, and, <laughs> and, and being fucking 900 years old and not having a, um, anything to fall back on would really suck.
1: Yeah, exactly. You got to make that money up front. You don't have a pension. You don't have uh, no uh, it's, retirement. It's,
0: no, it's when it stops, it stops.
1: Yeah, dude. I, I got out, I got out in 2007 and I've been, uh, I'm a commercial plumber now. So I, I do that aside go. from this and it's there you got the pension and the benefits, something I should have done a long time ago, but I had a fucking blast. And there's there. always,
0: there's always going to be people. There's always going to be shit. So you got job security. <laughs> I've heard you say that before. Was that would your, right. your dad but, say that to you or something? Yeah. That, I think this is actually the first time that I flipped it around and told it to somebody else, like <laughs> use it as like, yeah, that was my dad's big fucking words of advice to me. A shit plant right yep he wanted me to go work in a fucking poop recycling factory
1: that is so fucking wild it's <laughs> so fucked up. not not to disparage any of those people that do that but uh and like i said i'm a plug i'm a commercial plumber, so i install new pipe i don't deal with shit pipe. okay uh ironically the people that do the shit pipe make less money uh than the commercial so, it's weird so weird but uh yeah, not to disparage them for for what they chose to do as a career, but what I mean when you're start your father saying that when Yeah. It, oh
0: at the ripe age of of eighteen or nineteen, like right when I moved out, and that was his like not 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 go out and grab the world by its balls. It's why don't you go fucking kick around some turds for a while? <laughs> <laughs> I
1: don't know. Are we actually going on the podcast? Yeah, Are dude. We, we just roll, man. We just roll. Oh, fuck. I like it. Yeah, dude. That's uh it's it's nice. I'll say this, it's nice not doing this in a swimming pool like Mike and I did because uh He's just
0: always a show. Like he just wants to like check me out, check me out. Dude, <laughs> did he make you wear women's clothing or high heels or anything? He
1: did, sir. He uh he said the rules to get in the pool were latex and heels. I'm six five, three hundred and seventy eight pounds. So like he did not have heels for me, but I put well, on that pink moo thing. Oh Jesus. Oh, it was hideous. And uh but it felt just, great when you get in the pool.
0: Well, I mean, it's going to feel good no matter what. When you get in a pool, you don't got to be wearing latex.
1: Yeah. Have you done it?
0: No. God, no. If you said that, I mean, not that I have anything against latex, but it's like, I'm not going to play your little game of look how weird you are. (laughs) You know what I mean? No. (laughs) I'll say fuck off and I'll just jump in the pool. Yeah. First off, you couldn't catch me in that fucking pool. That thing is a goddamn cesspool
1: i wish i knew that beforehand
0: <laughs> well mike never showers honestly he never fucking showers so what makes you think that he's not going to be in there fucking pissing and mm-hmm. all that other he gets he, he gets boned in the ass all the time so he's probably gonna get boned bone in the ass so there's fecal duty fucking <laughs> floating around in there you know it's a goddamn man stew it's it's a salt malt stay the fuck away
1: from that thing <laughs> it's a salt malt oh yeah. my god yeah it was uh i wish i knew that before he he told us afterwards like we just had a weekend bender in this thing like there's there's whippets everywhere and uh it was chaos want something to drink i got beer and beer (laughs) no my my guy at the time is also in recovery and um all he was doing is offer us cocaine and dmt and shit we're just like dude we're good stop we're good but he was he was already already lit at that point it was a great chat uh i mean he's good he's engaging and he's smart but he's a fucking handful i love the guy
0: but he's yeah. a goddamn
1: handful i i agree but you see you've got the great stories like that the book was all your stories like you you have so much amazing stories like so many amazing stories um that i am it's just it where to even begin because it's it, there's so much there and like you were saying you don't remember a lot of it still but the stuff you do remember is is incredible and and uh just such an amazing, amazing story. One thing I want to talk about really quick at the beginning, though, that I was thinking about, the reason I flew down to Mike's house was to, to listen to a single album, which it wasn't a single album yet. It was like so many tracks. Uh, and he was playing me the big drag, which the song's incredible. But he was talking about, I just want to know what it was like recording drums for that song, because it was so fucking weird for so long I I
0: had help on that song there's a friend of ours named Baz who's an incredible musician I had help on that I mean I'm not gonna fucking lie or anything you know I played everything but but it was like um ideas and stuff like that and the thing with the thing with um pro tools is I can record a bunch of shit and you could shift it around so it's not like it was like I had that stuff all written out and went in and tracked it it was like let's do a weird beginning And so I would just do a bunch of like, listen to the music and just do a bunch of weird stuff. And it'd be like, okay, cool. So it was like a lot of cut and paste on that stuff
1: on that. Okay. Cause it's, yeah, it's it's amazing. song.
0: Yeah. It was nothing like, like we were in a jam room and I just came up with a bunch of that shit. It was just like, let's, let's, okay, here's the song, played the song. And then let's, let's splatter. Let's throw drums at the wall and see what sticks, you know? So just a bunch of weird rolls and hits and and they just kind of place them where they felt like they belonged.
1: Okay that song yeah. is like nothing else i've heard from from no effects especially it's a pretty weird opener huh it is he's like should we open with this track i was like you absolutely should open with this track he's like if people are saying that the no effects fans won't stick stick around i was like are you kidding me like of course they would it's like two minutes of of weirdness but it it lends itself to something really incredible um, yeah thank you
0: and the, ly- the lyrics are i mean that's one thing that mike is his fucking lyrics are unless he's singing about bondage his lyrics his like his his take on the world and and his dystopian view his mm-hmm. lyrics are
1: really fucking spot on absolutely and and the decline the decline is my favorite aside from so long as far as no effects records go and and uh it's just a perfect song like it's just got so much so much there that's why i was so stoked to see it with the orchestra.
0: Well, Um, did you see it at at Red Rocks? Because the Portland one was a shit show like that. That was we I mean, we didn't know. And Baz went and got some some, um, uh, you know, orchestra players, but they were like junior varsity fucking third string kind of (laughs) guys. And then we realized that um, if we're going to do it, we got to do it for real. And so when Baz, Baz got the orchestra for the Denver people Mm -hmm. and they were actually like the Denver Philharmonic or whatever,
1: like real fucking solid players. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I saw Red Rocks. Movie. That was really good. And You were the there in person? No, no, no. No, the uh, the video. Yeah, dude, that is
0: all fucking live. I mean, there's there's th- that what you, there is no duh. it
1: it is what it is. Dude, you oh, know? okay, so when when the park comes in with the with the uh um xylophone, did they miss did they miss so it? They missed yes. the, right, it right in late.
0: When the when the crew guys rolled the xylophone out, they had it backwards. Oh, so when Baz ran over to play it, he's like, what the fuck? And so then he had to run around the other side to play it. It yeah. was facing the wrong way because he was supposed to just run up right to it and grab the six and go. It was backwards. So he had to, he got to it, grab the six, look down on it. There was no keys to hit. So he had to go to the other side.
1: Dude. I, I wondered that so much because I just listening to it, even I'm waiting for it to come in and then it stops. But you guys pulled it off perfectly. Like there was not a, everyone pulled it off perfectly. No one got behind. That's what was so I was like, maybe I'm just hearing it wrong. But that's no, no, rad no, no, to you know that it writer. was off.
0: And it was fucking like at the, during the live show. I was like, oh, fuck, because when he didn't come in, I was like, oh, fuck. What if what if like uh Jefe comes in or these other guys come in where they're supposed to come in? And and me and Baz are one beat behind, you know, because or it, it was a, it was a scary moment, but it worked,
1: dude. I watching that performance because yeah, the Portland performance was definitely it definitely had its flaws for sure, but like it was it still pulled off, like it was still great. Um, but Red Rocks was something else, and I could see it on on Mike's face. There's certain parts where you could see his demeanor change like this is the coolest moment of my life kind of feeling like you can see that smile that genuine like kind of grin that moment i mean sold out red rocks you're hitting these big crescendo parts and it's hitting on all cylinders uh i love being able to see that but for you do you have those moments are there songs that you guys do that you really feel that that power that night
0: that night for sure that was a highlight of my not i mean career sounds weird but that was a highlight of me playing live um to me it's I'm not a huge fan of all of our stuff, Mm -hmm. you know, you know, some of it's really good. Most of it's just mediocre and some of it's pretty bad. You know, it's just my personal musical taste. That song to me is a perfect song. (laughs) Lyrically, musically, it, it, it takes you on an emotional ride and to be able to do that with the orchestra at that place and play it that well Mm -hmm. with, with the people that I love and have it just, I don't know, man, just come out like just, it, it was It sounds fucking weird, but it was like oozing from us. Like just, Oh my God. You know, we were, we, I never look at it as like, we're making music. I just, I can play the drums. Like we were making a fucking, uh, we we were musically creating art and I've never, ever felt that way. And it was, it was definitely high. I had tears in my eyes at one point, man. I know. I know all of us did actually.
1: Yeah. We all felt it. I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine the the feelings going through that, and that's such oh, a it, special moment. And we never practiced with
0: that orchestra. We never practiced with any of the orchestras. We just went up there and did it. What? Yeah.
1: Did Baz go down early and were oh, yeah, them? Oh yeah, Baz went down like a week early, and okay. like, like violins.
0: This is what we're doing, and then we would go to the next section and the next section, and then you know they all broke. None of us co- co- collectively played together, even the the groups, because mm-hmm. because it's too much for him to have like forty people and teach. So he'd have five of these, five of these, five of these. And then we did it at sound check. That was the first time and it, we did it good. And then we did it that night. You know, there was no practice. There was no nothing. Oh,
1: that's incredible. That's incredible. That makes it even better. <laughs> it just yeah. literally, like you said, it literally oozed out, man. That's, oh my God. I See, watching the cool thing, when I when I came to Punk and Drublik in Portland, uh, I was walking around and I saw Mike and then I saw um, – uh, the anti-flag guys and, and, uh, I did an episode with Justin Sane, uh, so I missed bad religion, but when, when I went back, uh, Mike was with, uh, Mike Carrera from MXPX and I was just kind of watching like Melvin and, and Hefe and how everyone kind of warms up and, you know, like yoga and like headphones on and just so how much, uh, mental prep goes into doing something like that. Um especially for a band like no effects which you think just goes out there and just you know says some jokes and plays some incredible songs but like the 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 prep side was interesting to see and i saw you there too but i was like shit uh, you looked really like intense like like you were like not maybe not nervous but it was real close to showtime and you're kind of hanging around the back uh and i was like man i should say hi and i was like ah, I'm, not, I'm gonna leave him alone because you just look like like focused Yeah, I didn't want to break that, and uh, because I wanted, you know, of course everything to go well. I didn't want to, hey man, Um, (laughs) which I feel bad about now because I was like, maybe I should have. But uh, (laughs) we're talking now. But do you have a similar a similar way of doing that? Because I didn't see you warming up like they did.
0: Yeah, what I do is about an hour or an hour and a half before the show, Mm. I disappear. I get away from everybody. I put on my uh, noise canceling headphones and I'll put on. this sounds kind of fucking weird, but I'll put on a TV show or a movie and I'll have my drumsticks in my, in my practice pad and I'll just start warming up slowly. And I do that to get away from all the chaos because I don't drink and everybody's partying. Everybody wants a piece of you. The chaos to me is very stressful. Mm -hmm. I do it to disconnect, to relax, to vent, loosen up my arms and not not necessarily gear up for the show, but just relax. Mm-hmm. You know, like if I'm watching a movie, they like say, "Dude, when we went to Europe a couple of years ago, I I watched uh, All of Breaking Bad again for the third time." You know what I mean? It's just a way just to unplug, get a little Zen moment, get my body warmed up, get my heart rate down, and just calm. You know, because otherwise, you know, it's 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 a little. Stressful when there's like 4,000 people around and you know, everybody's backstage wanting to talk to you and stuff. And I'm just okay, okay, but I still have to play a show, you know, I still have mm-hmm. to get up there. So my main thing is is just getting some quiet time.
1: That works, man. That works. It's the um
0: Mel, yeah. Melvin does it with me too. A lot of times we'll be in a room together, like he'll just have his guitar on and he'll just play riffs and just relax and you know. Yeah. You know, Mike's Mike's pregame warm-up is to be as social as possible. Maybe that takes some of the pressure off. Like everybody's fucking different, you know? Mm-hmm. Mine is to disconnect as much as possible. And then after the show is when I'm real chatty because I got a, there's, I don't know think a, a job, but there's a thing. I take a lot of pride in playing live and I want to play well. And it's stressful for me when we don't play well because I know we're capable of. So uh, before a show, I'm kind of like reserved and tight, you know, and then after the show, it's like, Ooh, okay here we go now we can talk and hang out
1: yeah it's that anxiety lifts that you, you accomplished it you accomplished hmm. something
0: the, my, my, it's it's weird I, i've said this before in one other interview i don't know what it's for what it was for but my most favorite part of the night of playing live is hitting the last note not because we're done but it's like we accomplished something like we climb the mountain and if it's a good show like fuck yeah if it's a bad show I'm out of here, (laughs) (laughs) but, but that's like my favorite, favorite part is, I mean, bad shows don't happen that often. We just had a bad show in Phoenix last weekend, but it doesn't happen that often. But, but for like the, the amazing shows, just feeling that energy, like boom game face over. Now it's time to fucking feel It's really cool.
1: Yeah. Do you, how do you, how do you, um, When you have a bad show, do you I mean, I know you probably get frustrated, but do you let it roll off? Do you because and and the reason I ask this is because being being in recovery and having you don't have really have uh, myself included, like there's not a lot of vices uh, to to, you know, go to like you can't uh, have a few drinks. You can't do this like you kind of have to sit with it and let those feelings roll over you in a natural way. How do you deal with that? Like the, the stress of things like that being, I mean, you've been sober for a very long time. Yeah. Um.
0: um it's, uh. it just depends on what, what the reason of the bad show is. You know, if it's technical issues and we just played shitty, fine. It is what it is. Mm-hmm. If Mike's too hammered, you know, and it was totally, totally an avoidable issue, it kind of pisses me off. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, Mike's my, he can't control people, places or things. Yeah. True. You no, know? I can only do what I can do. Uh, I can't ex he can't read my mind and I can't expect him to act a certain way, even though I would think that he would want to play the best to, to the best of his ability. Um, uh, I'm a little bummed at first and then, and then I, I just, just let it go because I mean, for 40 fucking years, you know, we've been doing this and it's been the same issues for 40 years, you know, like yeah. when we were 16 years old, you know, there'd be shows when Mike was just fucking too wasted to play and then shows when, when we were on fire, you know, mm-hmm. and don't get me wrong. I I played plenty of shows wasted, but I still would take a sense of pride in wanting to perform yeah. and do. well So I just, just let it go. It is what it is. And then the next day I'll send out a text like, Hey guys, you know, we're better than this, you know, like a little, just a group hug, mm-hmm. you know, like, Hey, you know, I love you guys. We're fucking, we're blessed to be here. Let's not, let's not take it for granted. And let's just try our best, but doesn't mean we can't have fun. You know, let's sure. just try our best though. You know, and everybody usually goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. I'm sorry. Whatever. Blah, 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 blah. And then, you know, whatever.
1: Yeah. Well, you have, you, you probably put out a lot of love, uh, as well. Like you've said many times that with your dad, how it was, he doesn't show love like other people do. And, and, uh, I would, I would suspect that you like to put it out there quite a bit as oh, far yeah. as like, I mean, let's hug it out. Let's talk about it. I love you. You know, blah, blah, blah. Uh, not to blah, blah, blah that, but you know what I mean? Like, like, yeah, no, no, no. We, we are, there.
0: we are, um, when it comes to communication, we all do really well. You know what I mean? Like, like, you know, we're, we're not one of those uh Oh, Hey, I'm doing an interview right now. It's not a good time. Some, uh, sure. Um, oh, hold on. Hold on. You, you got a key. I have a key.
1: Okay. <laughs> um, I was just saying, what was I was just saying, I was talking about oh, like, yeah. putting out love. Yeah. Yeah. We have, we
0: have like a, we communicate really well, you know. We're we're in relationship. We're 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 in relationship, so to speak, and um. And, you know, with um. Fuck! I lost my train of thought. <laughs>
1: okay. Oh well. Next. Yeah. Well, going going <laughs> way back, like the first time I saw No Effects was in Anchorage, Alaska, at the Egan Center. Oh Jesus uh, Christ! Long yeah. time. I grew up in Alaska, and well me and all the band guys grew up in Alaska before we moved to Portland to start touring and stuff. And Well, was- let,
0: let, let me, let uh, me, let me, let me say this. You, you know how I said you read the book, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Okay. I, you know how I said, like, I, I was living with this psychopath, this guy named Quake, who is like this. He, the last time I saw him alive was in Anchorage, Alaska. He jumped parole, went to Anchorage, Alaska, was living under a, a fake name and I saw him there at that show. Really? And he died. He died shortly afterwards. Yeah.
1: Oh man. That's yeah. awful. I it, No, it's probably a good thing. It well <laughs> <laughs> I was a fucking, fucking serial killer. I loved the the book was incredible. The book was incredible. I've read it. I've listened to the audiobooks. I love that that you guys did it yourselves and then had like Jello in there and like uh I thought that was great, but I always love the oh nice guy at the Aww. end. Because it's something that's something we used to say all the time. It was just like, yeah, we just uh, someone's just a piece of shit. And then it, it just kind of like, yeah, nice guy.
0: And Isn't then when so- that
1: happened in the book, I was like, yes. Like it's it's God, that guy Quake. I mean I I had a bunch
0: of those fucking nutters in my life, but that guy, I mean Ryan was the worst, but but Quake was equally as sociopathic and <sighs> Just fucking weird.
1: Is Ryan the Raymond Raymond guy? Yes. In the book? Oh, yeah. yeah okay. His real name
0: is Ryan. I can say his I can say his name now because he's in prison. He just got a, he just got um, uh, arrested again for and he, he got sentenced to
1: life. Oh my god. Yeah, dude. Yeah, Ryan Raymond. His name is his real name's Ryan. Okay, because you've been through some scary shit that way, and yeah. that was what was so insane is is hearing <laughs> just hearing the darkness a- around you guys because it's always just like this uppity like you know everyone's having fun when you're at either no effect and that's the thing i saw the show in anchorage alaska the next time i saw you guys was in portland back in punk and rub oh just (laughs) cross like 25
0: years later yeah
1: i was always touring when you guys came through so like i was never there like i've i so many bands like that we opened for bad religion when i was 16 at that egan center up in anchorage Uh. and then the next time i saw them was a few minutes at punk and rubble right right. how much time in between it's just how it worked out
0: yeah i mean if if you're going left and everybody else is going right i mean you're not going to meet up in the middle
1: exactly exactly it's always like well shit they're finally coming through but we're in new york or we're in wherever right uh it just never happened and we never played festivals together or anything else none of the warp tours we played uh we did like four years i think of warp tour and you guys weren't on it so he was like (laughs) well, shit rancid (laughs) was and and uh in the whole the whole gamut but uh yeah we never but so so that guy's in for life like you the 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 amount of crazy shit that you have gone through in these situations uh the um, that you guys came out unscathed somewhat is is uh incredible
0: uh, yeah it's weird i mean i can't speak for them because they they were they were living and doing somewhat the normal life you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like melvin had a job at a warehouse mike was going to school and i was definitely going down avenues that i shouldn't have gone down and that that and um it was all kind of off of me just wanting to be accepted and me just wanting to feel like i belong and, and all of this kind of crazy stuff all of this stuff that i'd never got as a child yeah so i was willing to do stuff to get acceptance from these people that that i wanted acceptance from that put me in really bad vulnerable scary situations and i am so fucking grateful and so fucking like blessed that I only got arrested a few times, but I'm so blessed that I never went to prison or more than likely, like most of my friends and most of those people ended up for for the majority of of their life, because that's the path I was on, you know, and I just had this one thing, this band that that still kind of anchored me in some sort of reality. And other than that, it was just me just off and running, just being a fucking idiot, just all because I wanted to be accepted. And, um, I really like the other day, I, I, something popped into my head and I don't think I said it in the book. Um, I mugged, I mugged this dude once knife point in San Francisco, like full on, straight up mugging knife in the gut. And all he had was 10 bucks. You know, mm-hmm. I took 10 bucks off this guy with a knife. What if he would have fought back? What if, you know, like I might've stabbed him, you know, I might've killed him. Or let's just say even, let's just say, what if I got caught? You know what I mean? It's just like, wow. Wow. You know, like that hindsight thing. It's just like that popped in my head the other day. I'm like, I am so fucking lucky and grateful that that I made it through, you know?
1: Yeah, that's that's absolutely intense. And how the first thing that pops in my mind is how do you. Coming out of that. How do you how do you make amends for something like that? How do you reconcile something like that where you can't find that person, you can't, um, yeah, who knows what that did to that person's life? But like, yeah. you can only speculate. But how do you reconcile with that when you're going back through things and kind of trying to to make good on these things? Well, uh, you know, I mean, not yeah, to you're right. be like a that, complete that, that fucking downer. Should...
0: Actually, that is something that that I had forgotten about completely. Like now that I think about it, I don't think it was on my my uh, fourth step and I don't think it was on my men's list and all that kind of shit. Or maybe it was, but I bet but um um just lead by example, live the good life, you know, follow, follow your heart and, and you know what I mean, like I, I do lead by example as much as possible. I do try to be as as positive and loving and forthcoming and apologetic and own my shit. You know mm-hmm. you know, like I have a pretty fucking good grip on who I am, what I'm about, and um what I don't want and what I do want out of my life and and what I do want is to better myself, which betters the world you know, my immediate environment I can't say the world that sounds pretty fucking egotistical but <laughs> but my immediate environment and then and then it's just the ripple effects, yeah, you know,
1: yeah it's it, it makes sense it's, it's it's you start in your community your household and it it, it ripples and one th- one thing that was really great with the book is it showed it showed everything well not everything and mike told me the stories that weren't in the book uh in the pool ironically uh that that vanessa was like uh, you can't put that in there um which went even further and and uh but having all that out there for you, like having it all of it out there in audiobook and regular print format, all of your all of your stories that way, how did that make you feel? Like does it that has to feel a little bit uh not invasive, but a little bit um like self-conscious or or just I yeah. mean, everyone yeah. knows this now. Like
0: Yeah, no, um yeah. I, I, what was weird is when we did the audiobook, uh-huh. like to me, it was just a book. It was just words on paper. You know what I mean? And I read it and I'm like, okay, cool. But I'm just reading my story and I'm reading everybody else's story and it was written well. And, but I was just reading it when we did the audio book. And I sat behind that microphone for two days reading and I was putting it out there into the world. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just somebody reading it and interpreting the word, you know, hearing, it was me putting my story out in the world. That was pretty fucking heavy. It was pretty dark feeling, you know, and it was pretty heavy, but at the same time, it kind of felt good to vent some of that shit, but I don't know if good is the right word, a little bit of levity, but a lot of fucking heavity. Mm-hmm. You know? <laughs> yes. uh, and the one thing that I didn't realize is that words have, I mean, I, you do know this, but when, when we're doing the interviews for the book, like, you know, I just talked my story about my dad and all this kind of stuff and then not realizing like, Oh fuck this we're in a pretty good place now. This could really fucking hurt him. You know, he's a big guy. He's very stoic, but he's very sensitive. You know, he has his, his insecurities. That's why he doesn't show emotion. This could really hurt him. And then, so I told my dad, he can't read the book. He can't read the book. And and he was cool with it. Um, but there was this one story in particular about a girl that I, that I had had, um, that I'd slept with in the book. And I kind of made fun of her. Mm-hmm. And then afterwards, I was like, "Wow, that's not cool." Because if she reads it, she's gonna know it's her, and I'm ta- and I'm making fun of her. Mm-hmm. It's like that was not nice. Like my words, just joking around in an interview, are actually gonna hurt somebody, somebody's feelings pretty bad. Yeah, uh, and I wish I could take that back. You know, it's it's pretty weird putting shit out there for eternity.
1: Yeah. It absolutely is. It absolutely is. And that's something I've looked at with music where I do this show for my kids because it'll give them something to look back on that will, you know, outlive. And that's the big reason I do, aside from connecting with people and, and enjoying it very much, it's for them to listen to later and listen to the stories and listen to where dad was at and who he was talking to. And because a lot of the music we did, I was either playing guitar on it or there's like really, it's really shouty, screamy stuff, like intense music that uh they couldn't hear my voice like they couldn't right. hear me speaking to them and so uh, doing this is kind of that way but putting things out there in the world like I'll get emails from people that know things about me and my kids and stuff like that that i'm like wait how did you know that oh because i said it right and it's instantly out there uh, right? it's in and not in any capacity like what what you did with the book um but it's it's uh similar in a way that that the people you're conversing with know a lot about you, but you don't know anything about them. It's this weird. Yeah. Uh, it's weird unbalanced balance. Exactly. Exactly. And, uh, you know, I was thinking about this the other day because we've got a, a parking lot downtown where we park, we're building this Ritz Carlton hotel. And every Monday morning there is broken glass everywhere from people breaking into the cars from the night before at the hotel. Uh, and we've had guys, cars broken into There's a $300 pair of sunglasses in the visor and they leave it there, but they take the change out of the, out of the um, cup holders. Right. Or they're looking for uh, anything. Has that happened to anything like that happened to you uh, where you've had something where someone was so desperate that they did an act like that. Break the window out instead of picking the lock, break the window, which cost you like 500 bucks to steal 10 bucks worth of change. Has anything like that happened to you since? Uh, you went through those times where you kind of understood or or uh felt for the person more than you would have being fear is that a weird question like
0: no it's not a weird question I mean I completely understand what it means to be homeless and I completely understand how you get there be it drugs be it mental illness. Mm-hmm whatever it may be, like, you know, I I, I know that because I've been there and I have friends that have been there and friends that are still there. You know, how how you you make these wrong choices in life and the next thing you know, you're on a road that is very fucking hard to get off of. And, you know, you don't have a whole lot of anything to help you. So, I understand what it is or how those people got there. I don't know their personal stories, but I understand how they pretty much got there. So, that being said, um, yeah, I've had... I have a little bit of empathy, you know, for them, but like, I live in long beach. I live in a nice neighborhood, but it's still long. Beach. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, my car has been broken into four times at my house. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, there's still like homeless tweakers going through the neighborhood digging through trash and stuff like that. Um, it's weird. There's this weird um, wall between me and them. Like I don't look at them with judgmental eyes, but I'm like, fuck come on my neighborhood now, you know what I mean? It's, it's kind of weird. It's a weird dichotomy, but uh, um, yeah, I've been that guy breaking into cars, you know, I've yeah. been that guy, you know, so I get it. And a lot of times, at least for me, it was just stupid shit just to do something like, Oh, look at that radio. Let's get it for no apparent reason other than getting it. So I don't know, like when that shit happens to me, it's kind of like, well, I guess I deserve that because I did that to other people, you know, it's just kind of that full circle thing. Yeah. You know, so, so I, you know, to, it is what it is. It doesn't mean they're a bad person. It just means that they're making bad choices.
1: Yeah. Yeah. One thing I get from a lot of your, um, a lot of your stories, especially, and from the music you make, I mean, is, is, uh, I mean, positivity, like the, 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 there's an upswing to things like there's an, uh, you know what I mean? Like the, I think that you putting yourself out there like that probably really helped a lot of people that may be struggling themselves Yeah, Uh, and just being so open about it and, and, and truthful, like it wasn't sugarcoated. It wasn't uh, embellished. It was just the truth.
0: And I think that helps a lot of people. Right. That's one thing that I don't fucking like. I mean, like you, you do the meetings thing and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You know, people that come in with like war stories, like, oh, I'm such a badass drunk or I'm such a badass drug addict. Check this out. Mm-hmm. You know, like mm-hmm. look how fucking cool I am. No, dude, it's about how you feel, you know? Yeah. And so like these Motley Crue books, you know, like and all these other fucking rock star books, dude, I was so fucked up. I was doing cocaine off and blah, 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 blah. You know, and romanticizing it. That is not what drug addiction and alcoholism is. Yeah. <gasps> it's a very dark, painful, lonely existence, you know? Mm-hmm. So the last thing I wanted to do was Hype it up to something because when I was a kid in the 70s, you'd see all these fucking stoners and it looked cool and I wanted to be like them, but they were hurting just as much as I was hurting in the the 80s. Yeah. You know? So I'm not going to fucking sugarcoat it and make it look cool. So, so a fucking 16 year old kid that likes my
1: band makes very horrible decisions. Mm -hmm. You know? Absolutely.
0: I mean, there's responsibility in that.
1: Yeah. Well, 100%. 100%. And that's. That was what was so great about it is it was like, this is like, don't make the mistakes I made. You know, you came out of it in a very, very strong way uh, in doing amazing things still to this day, uh, doing what you want, like like being creative, playing music, doing the surfboards, like all, just living your life and living your best life shows there's hope from the darkest spots, you know, because you showed those darkest spots. You know, mm-hmm. there's parts where I teared up in the book. Like it was, and it was the audiobook version because it was in your voice. It was you telling right. the story, right? Like we're sitting here right now, and uh, that I think really helps a lot of people. It I got a, a tremendous positive feeling after the book, uh, just like I would do from listening to the music, going to the shows. Like it, it boosts people up, but it came from a very dark place.
0: When we were discussing the book we were like, okay, look guys, this can't be a fluff piece. Fluff pieces have been done a zillion times. It can't be about how cool we are. We have to talk about us as individuals and what and who we are mm-hmm. good, bad or indifferent. And, and it can't, you know, and we were like, yes, you know, cause that'll set it apart. We weren't doing it to set it apart from other books, but we were doing it to show what we are, who mm-hmm. we are because we're four guys, you know, and everybody sees us as a unit, but no, we're four individuals with this distinct different backgrounds and stories and and like you know let's open up our 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 souls to people that might want to hear it
1: yeah yeah do you do you how has how has um like where are you at with your dad now are you are you guys on really good terms now yeah, you're we'll saying you guys we'll are in a good spot don't want him yeah. to read the book
0: no because i don't want to i don't want her to hurt his feelings he doesn't need to read the book you know he doesn't yeah. need to be hearing about shit when i was fucking 15 when, when i'm when i'm 55 sure you know what I mean? Yeah. He's, you know, we're in a good spot. It's, it's not a father son relationship by any means. Mm-hmm. It's um we're friends. We're friends, you know, mm-hmm. shoot the shit. A oh, couple shoot the shit. And that's that, you know what I mean? There's, there's never been, I love yous. There's never been huggy huggies, never been. And, and I came to terms with it and I accepted it. And, and how much, however much it hurt as a kid, you know what? It is what it is. Here I am. I'm okay. I'm okay.
1: Yeah. You know? it, I mean, I'm sure.
0: He 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 would prefer to have it different too, but he was dealing with his own fucking shit.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because you're a parent too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, okay. you, we only deal, and I'm, I'm like I said, me too. And we, we may not be equipped to handle what we get thrown into being parents, but you you do the best you can and hope en- enough of the bullshit doesn't roll off onto them. But a yeah. lot of times it does, yeah. <laughs> which yeah. you find out later. But uh <laughs> it's it's the hardest job in the world, man. But it's it's one of the best. But it's also- You know I, I don't hard.
0: think it's hard. Really? I fucking love doing it. I mean, it's time consuming. It can be stressful. I don't think it's hard. Like, like yeah, there's times when I've been very stressed and lost sleep and been emotional over c- certain situations. Mm-hmm. But it's like autopilot. That's my fucking kid. This is what I got to do. Mm-hmm. To me, hard is like- I don't fucking want to do it but I got to do it. Like if you go to, you know, dig ditches for a living or whatever maybe. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. like to me it is what it is. It's autopilot. It's put one Uh okay, I had a my son who is 21 uh 3 years ago was going through a lot of emotional shit. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, depression and blah 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 blah, you know, it was You know, he's totally fucking cool now, totally good in college and stuff. But for about six months, you know, there was suicide talk and there was this and there was that. Like, it was really bad. There was a point where I didn't fucking leave his side for three of the darkest weeks. He didn't know this, but I didn't leave it like he couldn't go to school. He couldn't do this. I didn't leave his side. I did not leave his side because, A, you know, for his own safety, but but he's my son. He's my boy. I have to be there for him. I slept in the same room. I went with him wherever he went. And it wasn't like, uh, wasn't like, um, watchdog kind of a thing. It was like, no, we're going to get through this. We're going to, you know, and we found outlets, we went and did shit together, but as stressful and as hard and as how many uh, stressful and I said hard (laughs) as stressful and as difficult that situation was, it wasn't hard because it was what it was. It's something you just have to do.
1: Yeah. That's a good way of looking at it. It, So you, I guess, I guess where I'm coming from on it is once you have a kid and you know, the like you feel the gravity of it. You feel the, um, I've talked about this before, but like the fear, the fear of, um, of losing them, of them getting hurt. Uh, you know, once you've lost enough friends and you know, and family member, I lost my dad in 2019, like, uh, once you felt that grief yeah you it's the scariest thing in the world to me uh losing a child uh or anything like that 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 weight that's there is terrifying to me especially because it's like i didn't know that feeling until i had kids and then it's like oh fuck like if i knew that beforehand i may have acted differently (laughs) you know if you knew if someone could let you feel for five minutes what it felt like to be a parent for a second a lot of people may go the other direction
0: it's um, a complete different kind of bond, com- complete different kind of love connection. Mm-hmm. It's like me and my wife, we're as solid as you can get. Mm-hmm. We're fucking solid, but it's a different connection with the kids. Yeah. You know, I mean, I don't mean that in a way that like it's, but, but I love, my, I don't know, like, cause, cause your job is to protect them, to nurture them, to raise them, to, mm-hmm. to pick them up when they fall down, you know? Yeah. It's it's fucking pretty heavy. It's pretty rad.
1: Dude, absolutely. And so, for three weeks of just by this. So it, you guys just did everything together in a way to get him through it. It wasn't like you said, it wasn't like a watchdog thing. Like, okay, what are you doing now? You just were no. with him all right. the way. Right,
0: right. Like, That's you know, incredible. I mean, there, there, he'd be in his room, but I'd be one ear to the door and I'd be in yeah. the other room. I didn't go surfing. I didn't, I didn't go do anything else. I didn't go hang out with friends. I like, we were in each other's company and he just thought it, he was just, you know, cause he, he was going to school and yeah. he's, he just thought it was my day to day. And I didn't let him know like, no, I'm not fucking leaving your side. Yeah. You know? And so we, you know, we got through it. We
1: got through it. what's going on guys this is dewey i want to tell you about some new releases coming up from equal vision records as you guys know equal vision records is my family and so are these bands i really want you to check these out we've got hot water music with their 10th studio album vows out may 10th featuring guest appearances by dallas green of city and color thrice the interrupters and brendan and daniel from turnstile see them on the 30th anniversary tour with quicksand in the states in may and june Go there for vinyl and merch from all of your favorite bands. Check out Hot Water Music's new record and Bewell's new 7-inch now. Now, if you're working, as most people are, online doing collaborations with people from all over the country, all over the world, as easy as that is with the internet, uh, you want to get those people paid when you put that music online. And splits can do that. You can add an unlimited amount of collaborators to any track. You can change the splits at any time. You can add or remove collaborators at any time. You can see previous splits. And all your collaborators are going to have to do is sign up for a DistroKid membership, a DistroKid account, so they can get paid. And as always, DistroKid never takes a cut. You and your collaborators get 100% of the earnings in total. A couple other awesome things that they do is they set up an official artist YouTube channel. Uh, You can use Spotify Canvas, synced Lyrics, promo card to promote your release on social media, a mini video for your socials as well. There's just so many awesome things about using DistroKid. And like I said, I don't advertise things I don't use, haven't signed up for. I have signed up for this. It is a breeze, literally a breeze, and you can get going right away. So definitely check out DistroKid, and I want to give you 30% off your first year's DistroKid membership at any level. That is distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP for Peer Pleasure Podcast. Once again, that is 30% off your first year's DistroKid membership at any level distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP. Go check out DistroKid right now, distrokid.com slash VIP slash PPP for 30% off. Um, so being able to give you guys that little bit of extra is a big deal to me. And having your support is a big deal to me because if we don't support our artists and creatives, we're not going to have any left. So I appreciate it. Peerpleasure.supportingcast.fm is the website. Go sign up today and get some of this premium pleasure. That's a special thing, man. That's a really special thing. Um, you know, uh, going from, from what you went through as a child to this and then, and acting that way, reacting that way to the situation is, I mean, it's breaking the cycle, you know? Well, you
0: said something earlier, like, um, I mean, I forget what it was, but it was, it was along the lines of, um, you know, uh, if it wasn't for this, you wouldn't have that. I forget. I I forget the terminology since I grew up in a shitty non-loving environment now I know what it feels like to be in a shitty non-loving environment yeah I want nothing but the opposite for my children yeah you know so there's good a lot of good that came out of that bad yeah a lot of good probably more good than if I was in a good situation mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. you know I mean I can only guess but I mean like I really learned what it means to long for love and long for acceptance the hard way so now I'm helping them out that way.
1: Well, that ties in too to, to, uh, making amends with things where every good turn you do every good turn, your kids do every good turn. Your wife does everything that comes from that, uh, just improves, improves the world as a whole, improves your community, improves your household. Uh, it's just these small little miracles that just keep happening and, and, and improving things. And, and one thing you were talking about where I, I'm curious your take on this, uh, Going through recovery and going through therapy and, and all these things. Like I'm in therapy once a week for all sorts of reasons. But one thing we're talking about now is is embracing your demons. Embrace in and embracing your demons, embracing the negative because it made you who you are now. And having having either a respect for that or a weird appreciation that it did happen because you are where you are. When you're when you're happy with where you're at, everything that got you that point it's did you feel that way?
0: Yeah. It's acceptance because if you're trying to avoid it and run away from it, you're, 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 you're not dealing with it. Yeah. If you're trying to like, no, you have to embrace it. You have to like, all right, fucker, here it is. Let's Mm -hmm. fucking feel this. Let's get through this. Okay. This is, you know, whatever it is here we are together. Let's just fucking chill. Let me figure you out. Mm -hmm. Because if you're just like trying to get away from it, you're doing shit to avoid the trauma, the drama, the, this, or the, that, and and you're never going to get through it. Dude, you know, yeah, I mean, I, I fucking figured out all that shit in therapy as well.
1: It's 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 huge. It's a huge thing I never thought about before. I never did. I never thought about that before. Like uh, not saying necessarily thank you for for fucking me up. But like, I understand, like, I understand what yeah. happened. And this is what I'm doing now. And that got it's me to
0: sort here. of on the same principles of A.A. Yeah, you surrend- you're surrendering to it. Mm-hmm. OK, you're here. I'm we're, we're stuck together. Let's just do the best we can.
1: Yeah. Yeah. You
0: know, it's, it's a surrender. It's not a control or, or, or an
1: avoidance. Mm-hmm. Exactly. The higher power being, I always struggled with that being the, the um, just how much God was in it. And uh, I'm, I'm not that way. And it was just realizing something's bigger than you are. And that, that brings me to something else uh, with surfing. I have never gone surfing, but when I'm in the ocean, like just in we go to Hawaii or something, I'm in the ocean. I go to the coast in Oregon here. There's so much power in that, that you just feel like the smallest grain of sand. But as someone like you, who rides on top of that, and basically, uh, you know, you, cause you surf a lot, like you Mm -hmm. surf every day. I surf today. You surf today. There you go. So when you're in a situation like that, where anything can happen, but you're harnessing that power or or borrowing that power for a few seconds.
0: Do I like there's that? There's gotta be I something like
1: that. Uh, in that that's therapeutic oh, that huge. helps keep you grounded. No pun intended. You're in the water, but, uh, <laughs> you know, no <laughs> oh, man, it's fucking huge. It's, it's
0: getting out into which we came from you know Mm -hmm. we all evolved out of the ocean i've never said that before i've never thought that before but something about sitting in the ocean feeling the water feeling the currents feeling all this being off the land where we're grounded on every day you know Mm -hmm. being away from everybody and just disconnecting for an hour or two and then when you actually do ride a wave, cause surfing, like catching the wave is a very small part of it. you know, like you go out for an hour, you only catch three or four waves, Yeah. you know, but it's like when you catch a wave and you, and you can harness, like you said, borrow that power mm-hmm. and you feel it propelling you and you're playing on this, on this unnatural landscape that we shouldn't even be in because it's unnatural for us. Uh, it's just this weird symbiotic re- respect and relationship mm-hmm. thing. And in order for, to surf, all of these elements have to come together. Wind storms, tides, uh, texture of the bottom of the ocean. It's not like you roll up to the skate park and there's the skate park, you know, it might be wet one day or it might be slippery the next day, but it's still there. There's all of this other shit that you can't control that comes into it. So when it all comes together, it's really, really fucking magical, you know? And then, um, you can't explain it unless you've done it. And, and, and I don't mean like done it, like, you know, okay, I went surfing once or twice. It was cool. No, like when you actually, it becomes part of life. And, and those, those moments that I'm talking about are pretty rare, but when they happen, it happens, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's not a sport. I mean, it is a sport, but it's, it's not a sport. It's more of a, um, a a, a a, place, a being, uh it's it's a place. Like it's kind of what I belong, where I belong. I don't know. It's it's so a plane phenomenal. of
1: existence. Like it's a it's a yeah, it's an existence. It's a lifestyle, like it's a it's a it's yeah, in it it's, at this point. But I'm it's sure.
0: magical too. I mean, and mm-hmm. snowboarding is kind of similar, you know, like when all of the elements come together and you get that fresh powder day, and you're playing with Mother Nature. You're playing, you know, it's mother nature is allowing you to have fun with with her gifts yeah and you know and then when the when the ocean's mad she'll fuck you up you yeah. know she won't let you out she'll fucking slap you down and when the when the ocean's happy with you whatever like this like come on out let's just let's just fucking play with play you know and yeah
1: it's really cool dude <laughs> i love that i wish i wish i've gone i had gone surfing even one time i, well, I couldn't even are, get up on the fucking in i'm in portland yeah
0: I mean, there's people that surf at what Sea Point or something like that. Seaside. It's an hour and a half. Yeah, yeah, seaside. it's an hour and a half
1: away. But mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, that's a that's a brutal coast right there.
0: Uh, yeah, the I actually made coast. a board. I made a board about a year ago for a lady that lives in Portland, and she drives every weekend and she surfs down there. Really? No.
1: Yeah. Man, see, there's something to be said for that. Like we're when. Uh, it, just just having something something bigger than you and the only choice you can make in that is to go out and do it like i choose to go surfing today what happens out there is not up to you and that's so cool like you said the skate park yeah okay that there's the bowl right there i'm going back i'm going to practice this today over and over and over again you can do that because hey the sun's out and no one's out here and uh, that's gonna it's concrete it's gonna be there forever Mm -hmm. Um, it's so cool to go out into the unknown like that and that's exactly what happened at red rocks for you right everything sort of, was hitting
0: right it, it, no you're right that that's a great fucking comparison It like all of the fucking stars aligned and it just came together to that moment when you get a fucking wave that is just like paddle in and it's overhead and it just holds up it just lines up and you're just you know and like all of this shit comes together for that moment it's like everything just goes here you go mm-hmm. you know it's,
1: it's pretty rad dude it's incredible. I'm getting goosebumps from this. <laughs> Even though I've never gone because I know what it feels like on stage to lock in, especially with the drummer, where you're not looking at each other and you know when the changes are, you know you can just go. It's this it's this otherworldly thing. It's yeah, out of body. Exactly. You become one with something else, whether it's a right. human being. That whatever. is it. You just nailed
0: it right there. You become one with something else that's not
1: you. Yeah. Not exactly. You. You've given yourself up 100%. You've given in to a process. You've given in to muscle exactly. memory. You've given in to that all was, these things.
0: You just nailed it. Like surfing, catching that great wave. It's yeah, you just nailed it. You you are one with something else.
1: Dude, I I gotta get out there and do it, man. <laughs> I said, well, the learning curve is very steep. You yeah. know,
0: you'll be like, fuck, this I don't fucking see what they're fucking talking about. Yeah. But the more you do it, the more you do it, the more you, then the first time you paddle in all by yourself and you get a wave and you stand up and you can feel the, the ocean accelerating you and you mm-hmm. look down the line and you can see when you're looking sideways, when you're going down the line, down the line means like, you know, the wave's breaking this way, but you're going across it. Yeah. And you see the water manipulating and moving and like start throwing in front of you, then back off. And it's fucking
1: awesome. Dude. Oh, I wish everyone could feel these. I felt the music side, but no, not, the, wish, not the oceans. I, I wish everyone could feel that. no stay away from the ocean there's already (laughs) enough fucking assholes out there limited
0: resources yes
1: but i mean more like uh even with being in a band like just feeling that locking in you know feeling that moment feeling that that uh just that other other otherworldly thing like things that we think aliens do where they communicate without words like we've been doing that forever i mean have you and speaking of i was going to ask you this touring with Bad Religion so much, and playing shows with Bad Religion so much, have you sat down and talked to Graffin about uh, his theories on evolution and and like us crawling out of the water like we were talking about or that first no, fossil I, I actually, they actually, found?
0: I, I actually haven't. I mean, I've talked to Graffin a lot, but it's, you know, it's just small talk. You know? yeah. He, he, like the band is always hanging out and he's always at the hotel until about a half hour or an hour before they play, you know? Yeah. So everybody, me and Jay Bentley are really tight. He lives like, I don't know, 20 minutes from here for okay. me. So, you know, we golf and surf together and this kind of stuff. I'm, I'm really tight with everybody graphing on the least tight with. Okay. But it's just because he just kind of runs on his own program.
1: Yeah. You know, the only time I've spoken to him was when I was 16 years old. And it was one of the most intimidating things ever because I was like, OK, I'm not going to be able to talk to this dude. I'm not going to understand a word he's saying. I'm still in high school. Like, but he was wonderful. He was wonderful. No, he's, and-
0: he's a fucking nice guy. Yeah. I mean, he's, pretty, he's pretty fucking funny. Like we've had some good laughs. You know, That's he's a good. nice guy. All those guys in Bad Religion are extremely intelligent. Yeah. Yeah. Extreme. Brian Baker is super well read. And like you, you know, like you you walk by him and he's reading, like, what are you reading? Oh, I'm reading this literature. It was written by some fucking whatever train jumper in 1774 <laughs> going from, you know, i it's like, there's only eight of these copies. You know, I got one of them.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He he's who I went and punished instead of you, uh, at Punk and Dreadlock because uh Thank you. I was Thank you. I was like, Oh man, Smelly's not it being-
0: was he kind of short and kind of like okay yeah leave me alone?
1: No, cuz he was a fan of the band I was in before. So what when band I, were you in before? Uh, Portugal the man. Oh okay. Um and so John from Portugal the man said, "Hey, if you ever get Brian Baker on, like he's a fan of the band like he he was coming up asking for a t-shirt and stuff." Like so I hit that off like, "Hey, you know, cuz he said if you run into him, tell him I said hello." So that's oh. how I started it and uh he was going to come on the podcast as well. And uh, he gave me his email, but he told it to me. I wrote it down wrong and I couldn't <laughs> figure it out. So we have tons of mutual friends and I was hitting them up like, guys, I got the email wrong. Can you just correct me on the email? They're like, I don't know no. if I can do that. And I got it. But okay. then he said, you know, I'm really pretty tired of talking about myself for a while. So maybe we'll do it down the line. I was like, shit. I waited too long but uh, yeah
0: that makes sense that makes sense you know because I mean Brian's also in recovery yeah, you know and, Yeah. oh shit I just bust his aunt, 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 anonymity. anonymity yeah Um. you know maybe he's trying to humble himself a little bit yeah. you know we all could use a little bit of that
1: yeah absolutely and i'm I'm cool with that like what whatever man like what, whatever is good because i feel like maybe this is something you think about too but i think things happen when they happen for a reason like uh, not necessarily like in the grandiose scheme of things but i usually find myself saying i'm glad this happened now yeah uh especially with these like these chats like uh i think i asked vanessa back before i did the one with mike i was like hey can we get eric on like uh she's like well let me see let me let me see what we're working with here and then, but we're doing this now I'm glad we're doing this now. We're coming up with some cool shit that well, we may did not Vanessa come up with. This up you just reached straight out. No, I just reached straight out because uh, yeah. she was uh, she set up mics, um, and then any other any other uh, people on Fat Records she likes to set up um, the chats like with with Bad Cop Bad Cop and stuff like that, like Jenny right. from them. Um, but no, I just reached out on this one through through uh, pickle sticks because. I was like, well, maybe, maybe it'll work. I was literally coming home from work and I was like, man, I would love to talk to Eric and, and, uh,
0: all right. It was right after so. I did Toby's podcast, right? Yeah. Yeah. We out,
1: Yeah. Yeah. That was a great chat too. Toby and I have a lot of the same people on a lot. <laughs>
0: Toby's a great guy. He's a cool guy. He
1: is. People keep telling me to get him on the show, and I'll reach out, but I don't hear from him. Like it was, it, uh, Chino from the Deftones and I are good buddies, and he's like, "You got to talk to Toby." And I was like, "Okay, let's Chino's set it up." Like, and
0: I, I, we've we played a lot with the Deftones. Really? And I really liked, I, yeah. Like well, the Warp tours and, and yeah, like yeah. the first couple Warp tours we did, they were on it. You know, and there was, and I re, I really like heavy music. You know, and I liked that they weren't like the typical every other band sound sounding like every other band. So I became pretty good friends with those guys.
1: Dude. That's incredible, dude. we be, we go to lunch every other month or so. He lives in Does Portland he now. he up there with he, you? Yeah. Shit. When did he move up there? Uh, he lived in Bend for like five years and then moved to Portland right before COVID. He was oh, renting shit, a place and then they bought a place and, and yeah, we we hang out, uh, every, every other month or so. And, and uh, yeah, I,
0: li- I, li- I like him. I mean, last time I saw him was probably two or three years ago at a festival mm-hmm. and, you know, he's a good guy. He's
1: he's a wonderful person. He's been on the show twice and he 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 we're friends because of the show. He was a fan of the show and he reached out to me and I thought it was fake and I I put it <laughs> off and it wasn't. Uh which is the weirdest thing, you know, uh when people you've listened to forever, you know, hit you up, it's like wait, what? You yeah, know, wait a minute. Yeah, bullshit. And then nope. Yeah, that's his number. Okay. Well, there we go. We're off to the races and he listens to every episode. So he's he uh um yeah, he's just a, a wonderful person. That's awesome that you guys, I didn't know that, that you guys knew each yeah. other. But um.
0: Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, we, we started playing with those guys in, oh, I don't know, 96 or 98. One mm-hmm. of those warp Tours was like one of the first ones we did with them. And it happened a few, uh, you know, we did two or three warp Tours with them, mm-hmm. maybe two. And then Europe, I mean, not toured with them directly, but I mean, a bunch of shows with them in Europe, you yeah. know. Yeah,
1: yeah. I really, really, really enjoy their music. I do too I do too I'm into heavier Music as well I grew up like In Alaska we would buy so like So long thanks for all the shoes is my favorite NoFX Record because it's the one I bought mm-hmm. We would go to the store and each of us would buy one Because we couldn't afford all of them
0: oh, We'd we do yeah.
1: mail order and we'd swap Them back and forth but I Ended up buying that one and that was The one I gravitated towards because I listened to it the most um, And then So we would swap and that happened I feel with, bad for whoever
0: bought heavy petting zoo <laughs> I was, feel
1: like I should get and they should give them their 15 bucks back. Dude, that I like that record. It was different for sure, but I like that record. Like it you know was just- you know
0: why that song, why that record's different? That was our that was our follow-up to Punk and Drublick,
1: right? Mm-hmm.
0: Punk and Drublick's super high energy, super fast. You know, Mike's at the high high end of his register. We didn't know anything about song keys, about keys. You know, so Mike would write a song in a lower key, just oh, this sounds cool, and then sing to it. Mm-hmm. But in order to sing to it, it was Real whispery and soft because it didn't, it wasn't a higher key where it kind of he had to push his vocals to, to to match the key. We didn't know anything about that until our next record when the guy's like, dude, your songs are written too low. Yeah. On that record. And we're like, that's what it is. If you modulated it up a full step, it would add a little <laughs> more energy to it. You know. So that was just that was just like growing pains.
1: Yeah. Dude, I totally see that because it, yeah, some songs are almost, almost talking, almost like yeah. We didn't
0: like if you would have moved it up a step or two, then then mm-hmm. it would have been more energy. Mike would have been seeing in a higher, higher register, belting it out rather than so low. Yeah,
1: know? dude, I I got uh I was the one who bought that one as well. Uh, oh, you want your money back? No, no. Oh, thank no, you. I'll just speed it up. <laughs> 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 I'll just speed it up. What what heavy stuff are you into right now? Like, is there stuff you're into right now that's really kicking on? I mean, there's a lot of good heavy okay. music right First now. First off,
0: um, what's that guilty pleasure? You know, guilty
1: pleasures. Uh-huh. Yes, Mus- I do.
0: Musical guilty pleasures. Limp kit.
1: Really? Yep. Alanis Morissette. I could sing Alanis <laughs> Morissette all day, bro. Yeah. Oh, <laughs>
0: I say, you say, you did, I did, we are, you are. Everything's like this way, that way, this, you know, uh-huh. like, Oh, come on. How many times can you go? I want a candy. You said, <laughs> I want coffee. You know, it's like, it's the same fucking melody on every fucking song, dude. It, and, you- and our, our fucking, my, my drum tech, who's also kind of like our tour our tour manager, kind of like, you know, whatever he's he's Alanis Morissette's manager manager really <laughs> yeah he's, go, he's with her right now. he goes back and forth between her
1: and, her and her and us that's incredible dude I've been trying to to reach out to her people for the you know I would love to have her on this show but it's well, like, you got I got dude, a direct connection I'm I've, going to the guitar player's house next week that's incredible dude have you watched the documentary on that record no the but, but Little he pill. told me
0: before it came out Steve told me yeah he goes she is not fucking happy with it really yeah, she wasn't happy with it.
1: Man, I thought it was good. I did not know like the the gravity of that record. Like it's like the thirty second best selling record since records have been made. Like it's like number thirty two or something like that. Like it's she made a fuckload of money off it. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. Back when people made money off good records, good for her. But uh, so <laughs> Limp Bizkit, Guilty Pleasures. Have you played with those guys at festivals yeah. or anything like that? Yeah. Do you guys do you guys chat get along or or was it more nah, like I've never talked, to him. Never talked uh, to him. We
0: we toured what what was that band uh second to last first from first, from first, to, first last. to last. Yeah. Yeah, it was Wes's side band. Oh um, no, that's Was he playing with them? Yeah. And it was the kid Sunny that became yeah. Skrillex. Yeah.
1: yeah. I didn't know was Wes was player. in that band. That's crazy. Yeah.
0: yeah. So they did a couple of work tours with us. Yeah. And Wes was nice but but he was always just doing his own thing painting himself black and walking around like a gorilla or something you know. Yeah. Um but Limp Bizkit yeah like we played I don't know four shows with them maybe and uh you cannot fucking help but just Yeah. That drummer is so fucking good. He's underrated. He's he has such a groove. Interesting. They're good. They're good.
1: I've come back around to that band. I I was on the bandwagon of like this band is terrible. But then they started putting out that new music and it's, it's pretty good. And then going back and like, almost from, I think it was TRL that destroyed it for me. Cause it just played right. it over and over again. I was like, Oh my right. God, Backstreet right. Boys, Nookie, Backstreet Boys, Nookie. Right. And once I kind of let go of my, uh, elitism, I guess, where it was just like, nope, it's punk rock, it's metal, whatever. Like this stuff is garbage. I, I can, I can side with you on that. I wouldn't no. even call it a guilty pleasure. I just say it's, it's some of it's pretty decent. Uh, I mean,
0: I mean, he, he, if you could say I'll skin your ass raw, like a chainsaw, I mean, <laughs> fuck, a motherfucking Dude. chainsaw. What? Yeah. No, I mean, you just listen to the grooves. Listen like, yeah. like Wes's guitar playing is really fucking unique. Hey, Hold on. My crazy dog. Wes's guitar playing is really unique. The drummer has such a funk style. And the, I mean, they, they just hold it down. They're yeah. good. So I, I, really I know like Wes I,
1: was doing like a riff competition on Twitch or something with people, fans like try to write a better riff and then he would write a riff and try to show them up or something like that. He was doing that. I thought was pretty cool too, because he's just, just a riff master for sure.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Hold on. Let me go. Let me step out back. Cause the dog's going to go bonkers. There's another dog outside. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, man. All right. And, and then, uh, yeah. So like heavy music, you know, I mean, I don't listen to, a, come on Dix, come on. I don't listen to a lot of music these days, to be honest with mm-hmm. you.
1: Do you I've listen been to, to
0: podcasts? A, oh, yeah, I do, but I listen to, like, true crime podcasts. Okay. I listen to jo- Joe Rogan. Yeah, I listen to Joe Rogan podcasts. I'll I'll listen to some conspiracy theory podcasts, not because I'm a conspiracy theorist, to kind of either go, oh, that makes sense, or just to laugh at it. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You know I mean? Yeah, I just kind of dabble around.
1: Dude, there's a podcast called uh, Wind of Change. It's like a series on the Scorpion song, how oh, the CIA wrote it. Yeah, someone just told me about that today. It's nuts, dude. It's it's just enough to get you thinking, like, yeah, this could uh, be true. About Gorky Park. Huh? Yeah, dude. It's it's really good. It's really good. Definitely worth a listen. But uh yeah, I don't. I find myself listening to podcasts more and more and more than music. But there's yeah, times I got to put it on and just let it rain. Let it rain.
0: I mean, when I, when I'm shaping surfboards, like I'll put on music and just let it let it flow. But I mean, like if I'm driving around, you know. Kind of just sit with myself.
1: Yeah. Dude. Well, tell me about, tell me about pickle sticks because uh, shaping surfboards, like, is it, tell me about that because I I know what you're talking about. I've seen the videos of you doing it, but does it just start as one piece and you shape the whole thing? Do you cut it out and then just fine tune it?
0: There's, there's, there's two ways of shaping. It comes, um, like in a, um, a rectangular piece of foam. Mm Mm-hmm. With a piece of wood down the middle, the stringer, that's the structural support to keep it from breaking. Okay. It's rect. Hang on, fucking asshole. Goddamn dogs. <laughs> um, so it's a rectangular piece of foam. And uh, there's two ways of doing it. And the first way is the old school way, which I did for 12 years, is you have templates. You have like pieces of wood that are outlines of surfboards that you like. And you trace it out, you cut the outline out, and then you just start fucking hacking, you start shaving it, you start forming it, you know, and you and you 100% make uh, this, you know, elliptical, is that the right word? I don't know, like this surfboard with the curves and mm-hmm. the concaves and the rails and, you know, the flips. But then in the last few years, there's been some CNC programs that have come out that you can design it on the computer now or take an existing board that you've made and scan it in. And so I've started doing that the last two years. Like I've learned how to use the program. So, so since I shaped for 12 years by hand, I know what the end result needs, wants to be like, what you need, what you need to achieve. So now I could design it on a computer. I send it off to a CNC guy. He cuts, it's, it's a rough of it. It's done about 60% of the rough work. Okay. And then I still, still have to get in by hand and do all of the the fine sanding and the turning of the hard edges and the you know bringing the stringer down and all the fine tuning. So, there's two ways of going about it, by hand all the way or have it done halfway and from the from the CNC cutter.
1: Do you find it do you find it more rewarding to do it the old way versus the new way and the new way is just more efficient or do you find it to be similar?
0: It's a good question. Um the new way is definitely more efficient. There's more consistency because I I actually think I'm enjoying the new way now because for 12 years I did it the old way. Mm -hmm. So the new way is now a new way for me. So let's say you have a surfboard. Okay. Let's say go to the old way. I have a surfboard. It paddles great. It catches wave waves. Great. But it's a little stiff to turn. Mm -hmm. It's a little, like doesn't want to engage and go around. I could physically measure out the rocker, which is the bottom curve, you know, and the tail rocker, the bottom, how it sweeps up is what dictates turns uh i can physically measure that and say okay i want to add an eighth of an inch rocker you know so then i i can physically start over and make a new board and add an eighth of an inch but it's not going to be an eighth of an inch i'm doing it by hand you know mm-hmm. and i'm changing it no boards are going to be exactly the same so i don't know exactly what i'm changing if you're doing it by hand with the computer like my favorite board right now is a board that i made and it turned like dog shit and on the computer i just went bleep blip 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 and just changed one little element, a quarter inch, and, it, and then all of a sudden, it's fucking genius. I know exactly what I did. So so it's I can, it's refined the art a lot more.
1: Yeah. Man. So it's just that small change can change that much. Oh, yeah. Wow. Oh, yeah. It's I- a difference.
0: Pushing water or planning on water, engaging the back half for a turn or, or being too stiff and just dogging it. Yeah, there's a lot that goes into it.
1: So you've become an engineer, basically, uh, <laughs> on top of all these other things.
0: You know? I don't know if an engineer is the right word. I mean, I can build a building and, and have it stand up, and but I, I can I can definitely build a surfboard pretty fucking well.
1: Yeah, you well you can spot a problem and fix it. Like um, I can
0: a- feel a, you, I can look at a board and go, "Oh, this is probably what going to do this or that or this or that," and, and then I can write it. And I might be wrong, but when you when you're writing it when you're writing a board and you're like okay like i said it doesn't want to do this or doesn't want to do that there's it's a process of elimination i i know where to start and then Mm -hmm. if that doesn't change you know i know what the next one is and the next
1: one is man and all the the fluid motion of sanding that down like the full body like it takes to do something that size my fucking shoulder flowing man
0: that there there. that's it there's flow you, you, you can't just sand in one section like you got to keep a consistency so it's just flow you know flow because you got to think that water wants to flow across and over it and if there's lumps and bumps and it's not smooth it's just going to hiccup up and engage and disengage mm-hmm. and, you know with the water and
1: all that kind of stuff it just seems like something that it, you're basically taking on the role of the ocean when you're building that or, or shaping that board because you're something you know so well, you, you understand, you understand the ocean. You can't predict it, but you understand it. And And when I'm shaping boards,
0: I can shape boards for specific styles of waves. If it's a big, flat, fat, mushy wave, you get something that's pretty flat, rolly, full rails. So, so it wants to just float and bob around. If it's more of a pitchy kind of like pockety wave, something that's more tight in the nose and the tail, Sharper rails, more pulled in, more scoop in the nose, mm-hmm. and the, you know because it has to fit in the pocket of a wave. Yeah. So there's yeah. different styles of boards for different styles of waves.
1: Man, okay. Do you know Do you know Laird Hamilton? No, I've okay. seen him, but I don't know. Do you know Frank Zumo? No, from Sum Forty One. Okay. Wait, which guy's that? He's the drummer. Oh no, I, I know I know the drummer. Drummer. Okay. Yes, <laughs> the the original drummer. Yeah. The original. Drummer. Uh, well, well, Frank. Goes to Laird's house, his wife's Gabby Reese, the pro volleyball player, and they recorded a music video of him playing drums in their pool underwater because they work out underwater with weights and stuff like that. There's this crazy stuff they're doing. But playing drums like full force underwater, like weighted down.
0: Is he going to be like fucking half a second behind every beat? Because
1: it's, it worked. It was crazy. Like you can see the video on YouTube, but like it's 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 wild. But um, I know Laird is, is – uh, very connected to the ocean and surfing and everything else uh so i wasn't sure if you guys knew each other or or knew of each other but like there's this new thing maybe it's not new but it looks like they're surfing on top of the ocean and it's got like a a tail that comes down into the water Yeah, super expensive
0: coil surfing where they kind of elevate
1: up yeah so they're not like feeling really anything it seems like they're kind of just going smoothly it's,
0: it's, it's not that new but it's getting popularity it's foil surfing that shit is fucking dangerous if you don't know what you're doing have you done it no, but there's people that do it where I surf, and they get yelled at and get chased out of the water all the time. Oh, man. Because they have, like, a four-foot fucking razor blade on the front of it. Yeah. And if they were to
1: hit somebody, it will fuck you up bad. Dude, have you have you ever been hurt badly surfing? Not badly. I mean, okay.
0: no, a little blood, bumps and bruises, you know, a couple stingrays, nothing bad.
1: Yeah. No. Man. I think the, the the overarching theme of this chat is flow because just just being fluid flowing in the ocean flowing Dude, shaping boards flowing life, it a, a good show life, bad go show with, yeah life you just got to go with the flow because i mean
0: like bruce lee said be like water you know yeah or flow flow like water that's what it says flow like water trying to swim upstream it's not going to get you very far no just go with whatever fucking problem happens and for every problem there's a solution and and you got to flow into that and you know it, it it'll all work out if you allow it to work out
1: yeah yeah see if these are things we could have realized back when we were teenagers
0: <laughs> we'd you be in a much that, better fucking... spot yeah this, is <laughs> this fucking hippie bullshit i want to listen to black flag fuck you parents
1: yeah exactly <laughs> yeah. Yeah. dude i love that i love that i i man i've really enjoyed chatting with you man Like i really i really have uh i was looking forward to this one and and um do not disappoint. I've, I've uh, always just wanted to pick your brain about stuff, you know, ever since, uh, ever since hearing the stories and, and, uh, just, I mean, having the music for so long, like when you were listening to like, you know, black flag and, and shit like that, like I was discovering no effects at that age for me. Right. How old are you? I'm, I'm turning 40 in May. Okay. Yeah. So there's 15 years difference. So, right, 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 right. So, right. My formative years in music, discovering music that wasn't my parents, was NoFX, Operation Ivy, like a lot of the lookout record stuff, and then the fat record stuff off the comps. But NoFX was always the one that just stood out so much. because It was just so different. And, and Mike and I talked about why, why NoFX is so different. And it, a lot of it's the chord structures, uh, you know, 13 chords in a verse, like talking about how people like NoFX, but they don't know why uh it's it's his words not mine uh but that's a lot of it is just the 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 rhythms and the 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 chord structures everything i'm not a theory guy but there's a definite difference between no effects and everybody else Um,
0: i hope it's a good difference it is a good difference difference. it is a good
1: difference because it i mean that got me through my teenage years you know it got me to this day like the no effects book is on our bookshelf I made my my wife read it before going to see uh Punk and Drublick because she had not heard of no effects before I was like just read this book and she's getting through she's like Jesus Christ Like, I don't know if I want to meet these guys like this is crazy and I was like no you're gonna have fun and but I I had to read it first and uh it's 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 just the body of work you guys have done where you guys have ended up the amazing lessons you've learned and then passed to us, um, you know, are, are huge and you're doing it for your kids, you know, and just so, like we were talking about being there for your son, like not leaving his side. I mean, that's something you've broken the cycle of what you've come from. You've broken the cycle of addiction. Uh, you you've broken the cycle of, of, of negativity and, and turned the other cheek, but also are doing good in the world and putting out a ton of great things and doing just nice things every day, doing this, emailing me back four minutes later saying, I'd love to be a part of it. I was like, Jesus Christ. Okay. That's great. You know,
0: you know, like, like the recovery thing is, is really near and dear to me and people that I didn't know helped me out to get, to get sober. And so if there's any kind of words of wisdom or any, or or some kid that's struggling or some adult that's struggling, and if they hear something that they can pull one fucking nugget out of it, you know I mean? It's kind of like my, my duty to to mankind because that's how people get sober and stay sober is by knowing that they're not alone even though they feel alone
1: yeah absolutely I get emails all the time from conversations on this show because we don't usually talk a lot about like the ins and outs of music it's usually just the human experience and you know I don't prep anything for this so like this could have gone anywhere and and it Mm -hmm. did but like people say hearing so and so say this got me to go to recovery got or go, to get help or to talk to my parents or, or, you know, like emails like that. And it just hits me in the heart. Cause it's like, yes, like it's doing something like we're getting, it's not like, Hey, love the show. It's the, hearing this specifically got me there. It's and not
0: self. It's not completely self-serving. Like exactly. people are actually, it's affecting them in a positive way.
1: Yeah. Like Matt Good. Pinfield says, I say it all the time, being a conduit, between the artist and the fan. Like having a conversation they maybe couldn't have. Or wouldn't be able to. Or wouldn't uh, feel comfortable doing. Just being okay. being like water. Like I'm a host. But I am completely. Uh, I give in completely. To wherever the conversation goes. And we're just that conduit. And then it goes out to the world. It just literally flows through and it's gone. And I try to just pick up nuggets as we go. And, th- and learn. Uh, but. That's the whole crux of this whole thing, and so yep, uh, I'm just eternally grateful to you for coming on and and uh being so candid about everything like you always are, but um and just taking the time. I just don't want to well, waste anyone's time
0: no, you're not yeah. no no, no no there, there, there's no waste of times. I mean, you know it's it's i I enjoy doing this, I enjoy talking about talking about things with people, and you know, like I said, if somebody can get something that that helps them, then fucking cool. that's right
1: absolutely absolutely well do you have anything coming up besides i mean i know you're working on a new record and i know that we're, can go anywhere
0: rec- yeah we got a new records it's coming out slowly but surely you know yeah. we're doing a song here and there um you know i got a couple shows We got a show in san diego this weekend but uh, i don't know when
1: you know this will be out show- probably a couple weeks
0: okay yeah so we just played a show in san diego it was fantastic we a show in, san diego in two days yes. uh, and uh uh we're going to europe in a month or so so it's first time to europe since the covid shit you know and it's just mm-hmm. just feels good to get kind of back on that horse so to speak and uh you know as for the band i don't know. i don't know we're just doing what we do just, just having fun and being fucking four idiots
1: yeah that's what i love about it it comes out when it comes out it's, it is what it is play a week of shows that's it every once in a while like it's great yeah it's just on your own terms.
0: terms. yeah i mean we should we play more but you know just the world's kind of just waking up again
1: yeah and Pickle Sticks. Pickle Sticks, S-T-I-X. Uh, pickle
0: Sticks with a S-T-I-X. Pickle Sticks surfboards.com or Pickle Sticks underscore on Instagram. Custom surfboards, t-shirts, all that kind of shit. Blah, 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 blah. I would be happy to make you one if you want one.
1: Awesome. Awesome, my friend. Well, I'll let you get back to your afternoon. And and uh, like I said, thank you for the time and and just being, being great. And thanks for all the music and, uh, and the great stories.
0: My pleasure, man. Thank you for having me. I'm re- I really uh, respect these kind of things and enjoyed it.
1: Awesome. All right. We'll be in touch. All right. Bye. See ya. All right, guys. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with the great Eric Smelly Sandin from No Effects. A lot of talk in there about being fluid and going with the flow. There's a lot of uh, metaphor, but it's something to really be mindful of is just being fluid, letting things take you where they take you, uh, respecting what's bigger than you, Um, knowing that we are not the end of the line, is just something great to hold with you. Um, It's something I really have tried to do myself. uh, And I carry it with me day to day, just trying to remember that there's something bigger. Uh, I'm not talking about God, I'm talking about just anything that is bigger than you. This show that will outlast myself, and maybe some of us, the buildings we build, there's always something above us and bigger than us that will survive. um, And just Resigning to that fact is really good to be humble um, and realize your place on this spinning rock that we are spinning around on currently. Um, I love each and every one of you guys very much. Uh, these episodes where we get into some touchy things as far as um, mental health and and addiction and and the sadness, uh, it really I want to put that out there because it is real. Uh, I know there's a lot of really funny podcasts out there and a lot of really funny guests. And we do have those, but when things get real, they get real and it's never forced. It's never sought after as far as, Hey, let's make people cry with this one. You know what I mean? It's not something we're trying to bring out. It just comes out naturally and we are along for the ride. That's one thing I try to do on this is not shut anything down. Not just leave an an open, safe space for people to chat about things that are affecting their lives or are coming up in the moment. I never gloss over things. I never uh, try to leave things behind or, or move on. I like to hash things out. And I think that's why you guys like this show and it will never be forced. If there's a whole episode we're laughing our ass off the whole time, that is real, because we are laughing our ass off the whole time. It's never, uh, let's delve into this subject real quick to to get some listens. But you know, I don't ever, um, I don't ever come at you guys that way and I never will. So, sorry, that's my soapbox for the week. Uh, just be genuine, be nice to each other, you know. Be nice to to uh, whoever you can. Do something nice for somebody. Go rate the show. Go tell someone about the show. Uh, but the words of the words of Eric Smelly Sandon, just be fluid. Uh, think of like life as the ocean, and we're just riding on it. You know, it's going to take us where it goes, and when we're done, it's going to swallow us up. But, uh, anyways, not to get too <laughs> depressing or deep. But uh, I, just, I just want you guys to be safe out there. Have a great week. Thank you guys for listening week after week. I really appreciate you. Uh, be sure to join the Facebook group. Be sure to go vote for us on the Heavy Music Awards. It's such a huge honor. Uh, and thank you to all of you. Uh, and as always, guys, I'll see you on the radio.